Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Your co-host, Allie. Awesome. Well, today (laughs) we're going to have direct access to some knowledge about rotator cuff repair and how to get ready or what to expect. Yes. What to expect when you're going through rotator cuff surgery. So you get injured, right? Yeah. The first uh, step is you get injured. (laughs) (laughs) So the rotator cuff can be injured with trauma, like if someone fell off of a ladder or, you know, obviously did something, you know, traumatic like that. Also, the rotator cuff can kind of just wear down over time. So one of the things uh, that is the first step, you know, patients will start to have pain in their shoulder is really determining, is it a rotator cuff tear, you know, uh, and how severe. So it's not one of those things where someone's arm is just like limp laying off their body like, it could just be pain. Yeah, it could be. It can happen where, you know, patients Um, you know, can't lift their arm at all. Um, Over time, as I said, the rotator cuff can get thinner, 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 and then just finally tear through. Or they could just start having pain, and that could indicate a rotator cuff tear also. Now, many of these can be treated with physical therapy, and our listeners know they have direct access, so they can come directly in for an evaluation, and we can determine through some testing Uh, If the rotator cuff is functioning well enough and we could rehab and do therapy, or if we have concerns about the integrity and the rotator cuff may have a tear or a hole, then we would send you out for testing to a physician that we work with and get your rotator cuff examined to see if it does need to be repaired. Get the direct access in early and often. Early and often. (laughs) But I feel like we should probably... Uh, give people a little bit of background because many people probably are hearing rotator cuff, rotator yeah. cuff, rotator cuff. and I said arm, but like give us. <laughs> they might not even know what is the rotator right, cuff. Right, where is it? Yeah, Do so, I have a rotator cuff? <laughs> <laughs> so everyone has two actually, uh, one on each arm. Uh, it's basically a group of muscles. Uh, on your. They live, the muscles live on your shoulder blade and their tendons wrap around and attach to the arm. So if you imagine your shirt If you look at your shirt sleeve, if you are wearing like a short sleeve shirt, that's kind of how the rotator cuff functions, where it makes a pocket or a cuff for the ball of the shoulder joint. Um, The rotator cuff is actually a group of muscles, so it's not just like one muscle. There's four muscles. I was just right here, (laughs) pointing to my shoulder like clavicle area. (laughs) There's four muscles in the rotator cuff um, along your shoulder blade. Uh, three of them live on the back of the shoulder blade and one of them lives on the front okay. under your shoulder blade. And they basically function, uh, their primary action is just to rotate your arm, to make your arm spin. But through a complex mechanism of stabilizing your shoulder, they actually allow other muscles to work better so that you can raise your arm. So when you have a rotator cuff problem, it hurts to rotate you know to try to, to spin your arm so things like throwing a ball mm-hmm. or those baseball players exactly <laughs> can can be problematic but because of their um, stabilizing effect they have on the shoulder it's difficult to raise the arm 
was very descriptive. I feel like we just did a really good job of just like, I think we should end right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> if it was only that no. easy. But until, so like that gets injured, right? Yeah. So again, the back to step. kind of the yeah. shirt analogy. If you imagine like a hole worn in in the sleeve of your shirt. That happens um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's how the rotator cuff can get injured. And uh, as I mentioned, sometimes it can be rehabbed with physical therapy, but sometimes it can't. And so uh, surgeons go in and what they do is they put a little anchor uh, into the bone that has a really, really tough uh, suture uh, or piece of thread. And they weave that thread through the tendons of the rotator cuff to pull the tendon back down to the bone. They're just patching you up. That's right. It's basically <laughs> like a patch. And depending on how big, uh, you know, the tear is, is how much they may have to stretch or uh, manipulate that tendon to get it back down. We typically classify these into three categories. So um, you'll have a, a small tear, uh, and that often even doesn't require surgery, um, or uh, medium tear or large tear. Typically, those are going to require surgeries. Is and that then, the scientific name for them, small, medium, and large? Well, it's just kind of like <laughs> a way to describe. There right. is criteria as far as what, you know, indicates this type of tear. Um, but the, the last category, and this is most often where people do need surgery, is larger, uh, bigger than a large tear is a massive rotator cuff uh, tear. And some of those aren't even repairable, unfortunately. But when you have those larger and massive tears, um, that just indicates, you know, the size and complexity of the tear. Can someone completely tear through their rotator cuff? Mm-hmm. And that's a massive? It's or is It's called that just full com- thickness. Okay. Yep. So if you think about like a steak, when you cut into a steak mm-hmm. to see how done the meat is, um, the rotator cuff can tear just like that, where you cut in a little bit and you just check it. Or it can actually be fully thick where you cut the piece off right of the steak. Right before you take a bite. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> those those are, you know, typically requiring surgery to, to fix when they're full thickness like that. So after someone goes through this surgery, what does recovery look like for them after? Yeah, it's interesting. It's changed a lot. Um, you know, I remember back when I first was a therapist that – People would be in a sling for six weeks and often not in physical therapy at all. And then we would get them into therapy six weeks after they had been in the sling, and it was just, it was miserable. I so mean, it was like just go about your life for six weeks just with your arm kind of at a right angle? Yeah, just uh, basically glued to your body. Um, and the, the thought was is they needed to really protect the repair uh, and, and, you know, not injure it which we knew, we do know, we've learned a lot. We do know that there needs to be protection and there still is protection. But what we really learned over the last decade um, is that gentle early range of motion and movement encourages healing and encourages blood flow, encourages nutrition. And it, it really is much, much better for the patient. You know, if you took a normal healthy arm, even if you didn't have surgery and you put it at your side in a sling for six weeks, you're going to have all sorts of stiffness. You're going to have weakness. You're going to have, you know, problems that develop. And so these patients would come in and they had just, you know, really, really um, a hard time. And the repair actually is not as strong, um, you know, because it hasn't been stressed. And so little bits of stress helps tissue heal. And it it tells tissue kind of what direction it needs to heal and prepare for. 
And so now the recovery looks a lot different. Um, I tell patients it's kind of like when you plant grass. You know, you till up the ground, you put the seed in, and then you have to water it, and you have to kind of stay off and protect it. You know, you can't go out and play a football game on new grass. It's just not going to (laughs) work. And so that's the the way your rotator cuff is. You know, it's been repaired. It's been basically sutured back down. And we need certain things to feed it and water it and make it grow good. And those things are, you know, physical (laughs) therapy and gentle exercise. Uh, But we also have to protect it. So based on a lot of factors, based on the surgeon, based on the um, type of tear you had and size of tear, that protection may vary from just a little bit of time in a sling up to four to six weeks in a sling just kind of depending on how much we need to protect. But um, definitely for a rotator cuff repair, there's going to be some use of a sling after surgery. Okay, so not completely <clears throat> taking away the sling. Correct. And there's, um, if patients have seen a sling before, there's there's a little pillow or a bump that goes on the sling kind of between the body. Mm-hmm. And that actually functions to put your arm at a resting position. So it takes some stress off of the rotator cuff. Okay. Um when your arm is fully against your side, the rotator cuff actually is on like, a little bit of a stretch. Okay. When like your arm is, in. yeah, when your arm is away from your body, just a few degrees, um, then your rotator cuff is actually relaxed. Okay. And so that's the purpose of that little bump. And again, depending on the size of repair and, and your uh, doctor's preference and protocol, um, that bump may last, you know, a, a week. That bump may last six weeks or so. But you can remove that pillow or that little bump from your sling, and then you may wear the sling another couple of weeks. So when does someone start physical therapy after their surgery? Yeah, so nowadays folks could be in surgery or excuse me, in therapy as soon as a day or two after surgery. Oh wow. Yeah. That's a so lot faster. <laughs> it is. And um, again, depending on size and, and preference of the physician, um, they may start a couple of days a week, a couple of days after surgery. And typically, those first uh, weeks are very gentle and very passive. So um, patients often, uh, for good reason, are intimidated or anxious about coming into physical therapy (laughs) after a rotator cuff repair. They've heard horror stories. Um, But a lot of those horror stories are from the days ago when patients used to be in a sling for weeks and they would come in and we had to move their arm and it was very painful. It's quite a bit different now when we can start earlier range of motion and get things moving a lot quicker. And typically, once patients learn the proper exercises to do, uh, they often look forward to doing them. And they often feel better after physical therapy. So the first, you know, if we break this kind of into phases, if you think about it in three phases, the first phase is going to be passive, where we're just working on ways to move their arm without their muscles activating. Okay. So we may move it or we may teach them ways to use their body to move their arm. Or and we this may, is where it hurts a little bit? Yeah, so in the passive phase, there can be a little bit of pain, but we really try to limit pain because that tells us we're kind of pushing or bumping up against something. Um, so it's controlled. You know, it's not like nice. we're just uh, asking patients to endure a lot of pain. <laughs> um But the second phase is kind of active assistive, where their arm is doing some of the work, some movement, but something else is helping as well. Um, And then the third phase is kind of strengthening. And that's where we're trying to build back the muscle strength in 
not only the rotator cuff, but surrounding muscles. Is uh, that when it starts to like feel better as it goes on? They're yeah, be- becoming so, stronger and building that strength in their muscles now in a working mode. Yeah, I would say from a pain standpoint, if patients get through the first four to six weeks, most of the pain is starting to go away. At that point, um, you know, they're they're over the acute daily pain stuff. It's really at that point more uh, soreness and stiffness that they feel like you might feel if you started a new exercise mm-hmm. or workout routine, you know, you'd be sore and stiff in those muscles. So when you said four to six weeks, that's not every single day. How many times does a patient come in for therapy after surgery? Yeah. You know, as many as three days a week, uh, as little as one day a week, oh, nice. but somewhere in between there. That recovery and that's, becomes faster once you come in a little bit more. It does. And that's part of what we're looking at as your therapist. And we know Um, you know, your healing and how it should be looking and what things you should be achieving. So we have certain markers or indicators that we're looking at on a weekly basis. Like, for instance, we might want you to get your arm to 90 degrees by the first week. And if you're already at 100 degrees, okay, we're there. If you're at 50 degrees, uh uh-oh, we got some work we need to do. So your therapist is working with you throughout the process. Most patients are typically going to be in physical therapy somewhere on the order of about three months, about 12 weeks total. And so that frequency is going to be variable through those three months based on how you're progressing and what sort of things we need to work on. Awesome. So as we're talking about what to expect, a couple of things that I think common questions over the years that patients have asked and some things that we can probably give people a few tips on You know, one of the biggest challenges I think patients have with rotator cuff repair is sleeping and getting comfortable when you sleep. Oh, this makes a lot of sense because when we were talking about the sling, I was like, how do they sleep? It can't be on their back because that's probably where all their sutures and stuff are, isn't it? Well, there's a few small holes or sutures. um, Not necessarily laying on your back is what bothers that with sleeping. But when you lay down, your elbow falls behind you and it naturally puts pressure on your rotator cuff. So we need to build up some pillows? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, many (laughs) patients are actually most comfortable for the first initial time sleeping in a chair, like a recliner. Um, You know, and that keeps your arm from falling all the way back. So if you can get a recliner, that's preferred for the first couple of days. Um, You might even uh, take some pillows, some bigger, thicker pillows, like from the couch and prop yourself up and and put an extra pillow behind your body and then a pillow kind of under your arm. So So the more you can support it and keep your elbow slightly away from your side and slightly in front of your body is going to take some pressure off of that rotator cuff. I like that we're getting really descriptive in the things because I feel like it's just perfect visual for our podcast listeners who are. (laughs) Well, it's valuable information. And unfortunately, you know, just having those little bit of tips in the beginning is it makes things a lot more comfortable. Um, You know, I think the other thing that folks struggle a little bit with in the beginning is just personal care, like showering and like putting on deodorant. And so one easy, simple tip, um, since you can't raise your arm, you know, your rotator cuff has been repaired, so you don't want to activate those muscles, but you can move your, instead of moving your arm away from your body, you can move your body away from your arm. So if you're allowed, you take your sling off and you just lean over, your arm naturally will dangle down. The gravity. (laughs) Yeah. And your arm will move away from your body. And so that would allow you like in the shower to lean over 
and wash under your arm or put on deodorant, something like that. Get real creative. Yeah, same way with like putting on a t-shirt or a shirt when you're dressing. If you lean forward, your arm's going to naturally move away from your body and you put the injured arm in first and then slip it over your head and then put the other arm in. Is this something that you've learned or like how does someone just know this? Well, these are things that we learn, you know, techniques over time. You know, you pick up a lot of these things of how to help patients. And some of these we talk about and learn in school. But, you know, really you accumulate these little tips and tricks just from seeing so many people, um, you know, go through it. Yeah. Yeah. We've mentioned a lot um, in our other What to Expect podcast or episodes about prehab. Is this something that could also benefit from seeing a therapist before surgery? Yeah, I think it depends. Uh, It's definitely uh, always going to help you going into surgery to have better strength and flexibility. And it just depends in this instance if it was traumatic Mm -hmm. and you weren't even able to move your arm, there may not be a lot we could do. So it would be definitely worth meeting with a therapist Mm -hmm. and getting an evaluation. And uh, I always like to say that if you go into surgery with a sore, stiff shoulder, that's only going to be more sore and stiff when you come out. So particularly if you have a lot of complications and limitation and range of motion, it might be valuable to get at least some stretching exercises and some hands-on therapy to get a little bit more range of motion before you had a rotator cuff repair. So if somebody is thinking that they might have a tear in their rotator cuff, is one of our B visits or, you know, um, evaluations going to be something that can kind of pinpoint that? Like, could they somehow skip surgery? Well, again, it depends on the type and severity. Mm -hmm. Um, I think definitely it's never too early to get it looked at. and determine what would be the next step. Um, You know, as I mentioned, some of these tears are things that build up over time. And some of that builds up over time from a condition we call shoulder impingement, where your shoulder uh, kind of moves into a more forward position, and the rotator cuff actually starts to rub on the bone above. And that creates kind of some friction. And so getting help if you're having pain in your shoulder or trouble moving it early Um, could prevent these type of degenerative problems in your shoulder from developing or getting as bad. So I think definitely utilizing direct access (laughs) and coming in for a physical therapy evaluation is definitely uh, something I would recommend. And if your therapist on the evaluation determines that, you know, based on their assessment, there are issues with the integrity of your rotator cuff, then we can always take the next step. I think we should get a bell every time that, or like a button. Yeah. Maybe we should get some sound effects in here. When we mention direct access, I get to ding instead of make fun of you. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Ideas are flowing here, guys. Well, awesome, guys. I think we've done a pretty good job of uh, getting at least a framework of what to expect with rotator cuff repair. I know. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you, Matt. Awesome. And I hope you guys got some... Great information. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yes, we'll talk next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com, and you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a B-visit.
Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.